Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel. And if you want to take it around in an audio-only form, like an actual podcast, because this is a podcast as well too, you can listen to it on your favorite podcasting app or platform. It should be available on most of them. It's not available on all of them, but it is available on most of them. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word, and you should hopefully be able to find it. Either way, this is a podcast I do where I kind of cover some topics in the realm of modding, uh, where we don't really break news on here, but we do cover news and I cover things that I think are cool, new, maybe relevant in here, just some cool developments, and uh, then we kind of just talk about it, and sometimes we even do show and tell. Now, I am going to say we're not doing any show and tell this episode here, uh, but we do also have a guest on, not a human guest, but more a... Uh, non-human guest uh lily's just kind of sitting in the background right there more laying down so don't worry uh if anybody's watching this episode with a dog this episode is dog friendly because there's also a dog here as well too either way let's go ahead and get into this so lily it'd be nice if you just like didn't hide back there but it's all good we'll get into the topics so first of all we have something pretty cool here for anyone who does not know the halo games on xbox 360 had most not all of them but most of their online services disabled at the end of last year they might have they might have extended it to the beginning of this year but point is for several months now the online services have been disabled on the older Halo games. So that's like Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo Wars, Halo Reach, uh, the ones on Xbox 360. So for anybody hearing this freaking out, it's not impacting PC or Xbox One or Xbox Series, but Halo 3 on Xbox 360, for example, there's no more public matchmaking on here. However, there is a cool project that is now out called Halo 3 Sunrise, which is currently in version 1.0.1 and is a Halo 3 online revival project. You can see right here, there's a screenshot of Halo 3 Sunrise, and this is running on a Xbox 360. Now, it states here, Welcome to Sunrise, a Halo server revival project. With this first version, you are able to play matchmaking once again, unlock ranks and achievements, and you can even invite your friends who don't have modded consoles. For updates on this project, please visit the original Halo 3 Discord server at, and there is a server link right there. Now, it looks like this is from Crafty Cody, and they've been working away at a very cool project which aims to bring a Halo fan server up. Now, just quoting here, Sunrise is a dash launch plugin that connects Halo 3 to a fan-made game server. This initial release restores functionality to matchmaking for modded and unmodded players. Every matchmaking playlist is available, and we will be pushing new event playlists like Double XP in future. To install it, simply add the plugin to your dash launch configuration. Please note that this is the first public beta release, and as such, it is not feature complete. We're working hard to bring the following features to you in future. File share, bungee favorites, more reliable ranking and XP, nameplates, playlist population counts, ODST, and reach support. And then the downloads are available right here. So I have to say, I think my favorite thing about this, not only just bringing it back online, um, to me the most impressive part is that you're able to play this online on unmodded consoles as well too. Uh, now that is to say, if you have a completely retail unmodified Xbox 360, don't think you can just plug it into the internet, pop in your copy of Halo 3, and all of a sudden you can play online again. No, that's not how this works. Uh, 
It is, but it isn't. And by that, I mean you're going to need access to someone or know someone really who has a modified console, a RGH system or a JTAG or a console that is hard modded that can get online. So it's going to be using something such as a stealth server and they're going to have to invite you. But if you can get an invite from somebody who has a modified console up and running like a hard modded system, you can play Halo 3 again. That's really cool. And again, some people might be wondering why you'd want to play the older version when we have the newer versions out there. Well, there's probably specific things, actually not even probably, I'm sure there's a lot of specific things that you can do on the 360 version of Halo 3 that you can't do on the newer version that's on Xbox One and Xbox Series and PC as well too. Uh, on top of that, also they're even mentioning ranks and achievements, and I know there's a lot of people who are achievement hunters, so this is big for them as well too. On the PS3 side of house, there was a new firmware update that went live in the form of firmware 4.89. Now I have done a video covering this here, so I'm not going to go into all the details with it. And at the time I'm recording this, PS3 exploit, the team there, the wonderful folks there are currently working on testing hybrid firmware for 4.89, a PS3 HIN compatible version for 4.89, as well as the BG toolset or the PS3 toolset that allows people using software only and, you know, the internet browser to install custom firmware directly onto their systems. So that's all pretty cool. Like, I always love the support that we see there. But here in short, this was for the PS3 and actually even the PlayStation Vita on firmware 3.74, and it covers three big things here. It removed account creation from the PS3 and the Vita. It also removed some account management settings, and it now requires a device password for sign-on as opposed to just your regular PSN account password. So the sign-in process has changed a good amount on this update. Aside from that, it doesn't look like there was any sort of attempt to block either H-Encore Squared from working on the Vita. So you can still mod your Vita just the same as you have been for years. And there's been no attempt to block PS3 exploits tools. Yes, they do have to get updated and tested to work against the latest firmwares, but there was nothing that was blocking them. So this update for the PS3 and the Vita has more been for PlayStation Network accounts on here. Now, I have made a video covering this. That was the last video that I actually released, and I talked a bit about my thoughts on whether this could be making everything easier to sunset, to which I believe there could be some truth to that. I also did mention that these updates are going to continue to come out for the PlayStation 3 as long as the AACS encryption keys are going to be updated by Sony, which essentially means as long as Sony wants to continue to support Blu-ray movie disc playback on the PS3, they're going to continue to issue these updates. Now, if one day, which I'm sure this will happen, they decide to say, hey, we are no longer going to be officially supporting Blu-ray movie playback on the PS3, then at that point, we probably won't see any more firmware updates. But there's actually a part of that video where I cover the PSN changes and kind of my thoughts on that, and I'm actually going to carve that out of the video and kind of drop it in here to let, I guess, past me explain that here. There's actually pretty big security change here as well, too, and I do want to highlight this comment here made by PlayStation hacks or I'm just going to read it as is. I'm in the PSN cracking scene a little bit. Ever since I made that color changing tool for PS4, people keep asking me to make tools to brute force passwords. 
I always refuse, sometimes hilariously sharing their tricks they use to do it, asking me to fix it for them or something. The current trick to brute force passwords is to use the PS3 and PSP requests to bypass all CAPTCHA and all rate limits, etc. By forcing everyone to use device passwords, they can effectively break this method right here as even the correct password will not be accepted. The password reset function was also being abused to determine the date of birth of any PlayStation Network account. You can just brute force it, which is a security question required to initiate a password reset. The account were also used by spam botters to bypass CAPTCHA in creating an account that message you porn and shit. You've probably seen this before. Sony has just closed all of these tricks with this change. This is actually a good update to be honest, although an edit here says, unfortunately, the DOB password reset trick is still possible even on 3.74. Come on, Sony. So when we take that into account with the PlayStation Network change, as well as even looking at the Hacker One page, I do know this isn't really relevant for the Vita and PS3, but I'll actually even highlight it here as well too. If we come down here and check out the scope of this, if we come down to out of scope, it shows PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and PSP or any other hardware. So really, PlayStation Vita and before, if you find any exploits on those systems, it's not going to be something that is really covered here through HackerOne, which is where people are able to disclose exploits for, well, the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 4, and PlayStation Network. And depending on the severity of the exploit, you can get paid a little bit or a whole lot of money. Now, this is important right here because even though the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita, this is what I'm gathering, even though these are out of scope for the bug bounty program, PlayStation Network is still a thing here. This is still something that Sony does care about. It is currently used all the time. It is fully supported on the PS5 and PS4, of course, but also it's used on the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita, despite them being out of scope. What I'm saying here is it makes a whole lot of sense to me that we haven't seen really that much of a push to patch up these exploits themselves for these consoles, such as the PlayStation 3. However, anything that is going to impact PlayStation Network and exploit that is going to be fixed up, even if it requires making a change to the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation Vita. Because like I cited from that Reddit comment, the PlayStation 3 can be used as a attack vector of sorts for PlayStation Network accounts. And those accounts, even if they're really not cared for that much on the PS3 and Vita, they are still accessible on the PS4 and PS5. So that means that even people, let's say you're a person who your first PlayStation is a PS5, and that is the only PlayStation that you use and you get online, you can use that account all the way back on a PlayStation 3, a console from 2006. And that means that your account can be compromised and can be impacted if there is a big exploit on the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation Vita in regards to PlayStation Network account access. So I suppose kind of wrapping this up here, this update actually does make a whole lot of sense to me. They're doing a good job protecting PlayStation Network accounts a little bit further from being exploited on these older consoles, but they aren't doing any maintenance on the consoles themselves, so to speak. And that's completely in line with what I've observed. They do care about PlayStation Network, like getting on here and such, but they don't really care about the PlayStation 3 and Vita as consoles themselves in any way, which is why, well, we still have, well, once this is, you know, updated and patched and such, 
we still have access to PlayStation 3 HIN, the BG toolset, as well as, you know, H Encore Square working on the Vita. So that was kind of my explanation on it overall, just kind of looking at everything with the updates and whether you agree or disagree, let me know. But yeah, that's what we're seeing on here. Now, kind of at the end of this, do I think we're going to see any other updates on the Vita or PS3? Uh, for the PS3, like I said, yeah, I think we're going to continue to see updates as long as that Blu-ray movie playback is going to be supported. Uh, but when it comes to the Vita, I don't, there might be like maybe one more update, but it might be more of a thing at that point of, hey, whenever they decide to sunset PlayStation Network access on the Vita, they might issue final update on there just to kind of give some kind of notification or just disable a few extra services and apps that aren't needed anymore, but we'll see. We'll see, I guess. Uh, that day is going to come, but it's not happening now, at least. Now, this here is super cool and kind of in the same spirit as what we saw with Halo 3 Sunset, uh, except here it's with the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Home. Now, this is from a wololo.net article, and they state here, PlayStation Home back to life on latest firmware 4.88, official firmware thanks to homebrew developers. Do keep in mind, this was written a few weeks before the latest firmware dropped, but this is still relevant for official firmware. Now let's go ahead and get into this article here. It's describing that PlayStation Home was a 3D gaming platform and social network running on the PlayStation 3. Although it was mildly successful, the service closed in 2015, roughly five years after its launch. However, fans behind the Destination Home project are bringing it back to life. Yesterday, PS3 scene member and Destination Home developer Nagato's Revenge published a video showcasing PlayStation Home running on the latest PS3 firmware 4.88, at least again at the time of recording this. Now, I'll even have his video, which is embedded, playing right here, but they state here in regards to Destination Home, Destination Home is a non-profit project that aims to revive PlayStation Homes online for preservation and educational purposes. PlayStation Home was one of the first social world games on console that we all loved and enjoyed. Sadly, it came to an end on March 31st, 2015. Destination Home intends to recover what was lost and preserve the game in a playable state. We do not accept donations nor charge any money. Everything is free. Destination Home has been in development for about three years now and has come a long way. So either way, I mean, we saw that this was on firmware 4.88. Looks like it's connecting to PlayStation Home here. You know, I've actually never played on PlayStation Home, but I've at least seen it, and uh, I know it takes a while. I know it takes a while. I know it's kind of slow here. Now, while that's playing in the background, I'm going to read off what the team was saying here. Recently, we've completed testing of a retail version of PlayStation Home on a PS3 with official firmware. This test concluded that distributing a client to users to install on hybrid firmware and then reverting back to official firmware was possible. This is displayed as a proof of concept in the video below. Any purchases you made in-game prior to PlayStation Home's closure on April 1st, 2015, wait, oh my, seriously? You know, on April 1st, wow, okay. Uh, will once again be accessible to you if you're using your original account. Barring any potential risks involved with accessing the game post-closure, we're also unsure if this will have a reaction by Sony, so it's best to tread lightly. Though a response from them is probably unlikely. Things not stored on your PlayStation Network account are excluded from this. Example, rewards, furniture, layout, etc. Okay, so that's good to know. So, 
you can't do this without completely like you can't just not mod at all similar to what we've seen with halo 3 sunset you can play on an unmodified console but you have to know someone who's playing on a modified console and they have to invite you on here it's not going to be that same extent with getting uh, an invite and such but it looks like you would have to take your console install hfw install ps3 hen install destination home and then you can install official firmware back on there and you should still be able to play on destination home which is pretty cool to see and okay we're finally in game here and yeah it takes it, it, it takes several minutes to do this it takes several minutes to get in so <laughs> that hasn't changed either way there's also a link showing where you can download builds and such for destination home if you want to try it out yourself so this is really awesome to see just a you know really cool shout out and props to the team working on this this is this is awesome, seeing it on official firmware. Now still talking about the PlayStation 3, this time it's actually concerning the later models of PlayStation 3s that can't take a full custom firmware, so they have to either install uh, Han or PlayStation 3 Hen, more popularly you can say. But this is some progress on the slim and super slim, uh, hoping for a possible fully-fledged custom firmware. Let's go ahead and get into this as well, too. It's stating here that PlayStation scene developer Zeko Shao has shared a screenshot of a work-in-progress series of tools by MikeM64, designed to hack the PS3 Slim and Super Slim in particular further. So it's stating here that this is a man-in-the-middle attack, and it's kind of covering, you know, what we have available right now with PS3 exploits tools, and the limitations where, in short, like I said, uh, many PlayStation 3s, well, all fats and many of the slims can handle custom firmware, but there's also other slims and the super slims themselves cannot take custom firmware, so the closest they can get to custom firmware is PS3 Hen. Now, coming in here, it's stating this is where the recent work from MikeM64, as demonstrated by Zeko Shao, comes into play. People equipped with the right hardware and mod chips can run these tools to try and trick the console through a man-in-the-middle attack, letting the console believe its boot sequence is properly secure, when in fact the hacker has injected a slightly different payload, giving them partial control of the system. The required hardware is simple, but the skills involved are not, namely an RDS-750, although Mike M64 states this could easily be ported to any RTA series and the accompanying generic cables. So this is what he's been working with right here. We're not seeing the internals of the PS3, but you can see here, this is the board itself. And here's the PS3 Slim and it's all wired up in a specific configuration. By the way, for anyone who's wanting to get one of these RTS 750s, uh, they can be like, I've seen like at lowest $130, at most like $250, both of them from Amazon right there. So uh, yeah, this is not going to be like a five or $10 thing or even a $50 thing. It depends if you want to you know kind of contribute and try this out if there's uh that much that's really available to try out for the end user it, it really depends on how much you're really wanting to spend and how much you love the playstation 3 slim and super slim now it's saying here the ultimate goal is to get a custom firmware running on the console but before that to be able to dump the boot programs of the console and possibly find software flaws in them to avoid having to rely on hardware hacks. We also see Zeko Shao's tweet right here saying stage two of Man in the Middle dumping LV0LDR is now complete. 
should be a matter of time until LV0 LVR is dumped from CECH 3000, and we have this showing from Putty right there. However, it states here at the end, with this being said, as we're reading this, it seems like full control of the console through hardware mod chips would still be possible even if no software flaws are found, which that's that's awesome. That's cool. It's a little bit minimal right here, but there are a couple of GitHub links that are linked down below. One of them is SPI Man in the Middle, and stating this repository contains the design to intercept and dynamically switch the SPI controller attached to a given peripheral. And we have LV0 LDR, or I guess Level 0 LDR payloads, which is stating here this is a collection of payloads to run with your LV0 LDR hardware exploit. So, good to know as well too. We have these available here. Now, would I be able to make all too much sense of them? <laughs> I can say probably not, this is above me here, uh, but this is still really cool progress to see. There was also a PS5 kernel heap overflow that was disclosed as well too. Now, just reading up on this, it looks like this is from security researcher MoonBSD, and then he disclosed a PS5 related vulnerability via the HackerOne program, which Let's even take a look at that. I'm just looking at this here over on HackerOne and it's stating the PlayStation has a kernel PPPoE driver that originates from NetBSD. This driver has a kernel heap overflow vulnerability that an attacker can remotely trigger over the LAN with the ability to control both the contents that are overflown and their sizes. Now this goes into the process of the protocol, what happens here as well as the vulnerability, and this is actually disclosed as well too. Now, do keep in mind at the time, this was disclosed eight months ago. This is on September 24th, 2021, and I kind of just came all the way here to the bottom in regards to this, but just looking at this here, they do say this is a possible remote code execution. I did my tests only on a friend's PS4, but I suspect that the PS5 is affected as well. So it looks like this is vulnerable on the PlayStation 4, but all the news I've been seeing and even MoonBSD themselves actually stated that this is on PS5. So it wouldn't be crazy to believe if everyone including the person submitting this is saying it's on PS5 that between then and now they've gotten hold of a PlayStation 5 and have been able to test this, or they had a friend who was testing it. Now, stating that this is a, as we said, a LAN PPPoE uh, driver exploit here, uh, this is working up to PS5 consoles on up to 4.03, which thankfully I have one of those here, and it says PS4's up to firmware 9.00, but that's less interesting considering we already have a 9.00 jailbreak. Even more interesting, they are stating that the developer clarifies that he hasn't exploited the vulnerability due to lack of a debugger, only check that it exists. In other words, this might not be exploitable at all, but there's a distinct possibility here. You could also see a diff between firmwares 9.00 and 9.03 on the PlayStation 4, and this was done by Spectre, who has definitely been a big name in regards to jailbreaks on the PlayStation 4, uh, but they state here PPPoE bug patch in PS4, as can be seen patched in 9.03 on the right. Probably not worth attempting to exploit this on PS4 as it won't move firmware forward. 
also probably would end up less stable than XFAT exploit because MBEF zone corruption kind of sucks. So for anybody who's looking out for any progress on the PlayStation 4, uh, that's all to say this will probably not be utilized for anything on PlayStation 4, and even if it is, uh, it's nothing higher than 9.00. So uh, what we have on PS4 already on 9.00 is better than what we would find from this. But again, the good news is we now have a little bit something more for the PlayStation 5 for anybody looking forward to that and again it's working up to 4.04.03 firmware so we already have a webkit exploit and we have one or two things out in the wild not only we have this uh but even let's see a smap bypass vulnerability as well too that was also revealed although this one just looking at this here uh this is on a much lower firmware so it's not going to be uh 0403 and would you believe that we are still not done with the playstation 5 now it states here yet again zeko shout shares playstation 5 4.03 file system dump which is a well with a webkit sandbox here and they're saying here that following yesterday's release of a script to dump the contents of the PlayStation 5, so we do have some context there, and for those who haven't managed to run it themselves or don't have a PS3 on firmware 04.03, Zeko Xiao has shared the content of a PS5's 04.03 disc as extracted by the script from Big Boss. There are some important caveats to this file dump. First of all, these are only the files that are accessible within the context, currently only publicly known, WebKit exploit, meaning only the files that WebKit has permissions to see on the PS5. Knowing the WebKit is frequently used as a vector of attack for computers and how tight security is on the PS5, it's very likely that the number of files it has access to are very limited, and that's, yeah, that's what I would expect. <laughs> Furthermore, the files on the disk are encrypted. Although it's possible that WebKit has access to the content of some libraries decrypted in RAM required for its own usage, this current dump is from the file system itself, not things loaded in RAM. Encrypted files are, as is, pretty much useless, as this dump is mostly useful to confirm the file structure of the system, which is certainly better than nothing here. Now, the archive contains a few fonts, a handful of encrypted binaries, and a lot of encrypted libraries. The full list of file names accessible from within the WebKit context can be found on Big Boss's GitHub here. And just looking at this here, yeah, we can see everything. Again, this is really good to have access to all this and to see what's there, but again, if all the data is encrypted, then there's not all too much that we can really do with it at this moment in time, but we at least have some visibility here. We all have to get started somewhere with the PlayStation 5, and it's funny because even seeing this here, I'm kind of having some flashbacks to some of the original stuff with the PSP. Uh, now, granted, that system was much less secure than the PlayStation 5 or even the PlayStation 4, uh, but I believe some of the first game disc dumps were dumped using a WebKit, I guess, exploit, you can say, like that. Uh, in short, before the internet browser was even available on the PlayStation Portable, uh, if you had the game Wipeout Pure, which was like one of the only games that it launched with, there was a way that you could actually access the web browser that was on there. Lily, that's enough. <laughs> there was a way that you could access the web browser on Wipeout where I believe you pretty much had to go into your router and you had to adjust a few settings there so it would redirect to another page when you ended up hitting a 
feature in Wipeout itself. And then you could access a more premature version of the browser there, but it was not secured like at all. So for your address, like where you would put HTTPS or HTTP, you could put flash zero. You could put like disk zero, which I believe disk zero was the UMD disk. And then flash zero, of course, was the main system flash. And from there, people were able to see the files that were on there and even figured out ways to dump the files. Now, granted, again, that was like, geez, like 15 years ago or some more than 15 years ago. Okay. Point is, <laughs> I'm getting some flashbacks to then. So... We're getting some visibility here, which is definitely awesome to see. Now, in regards to, I guess, wrapping this all up here as well, too, uh, what I like to do is for a final topic, I like to find something that I think is cool, funny, random, maybe all a bit of that, but somehow related to modding as well, too. And I found something that was pretty cool on here that I wanted to share. Maybe not a modding development, but something to at least showcase. I will say saying usernames out loud is always a little bit difficult, but uh, ToyDeman2002, I believe that's, I'm, I'm trying my best there to say that. They end up posting this here on the original Xbox subreddit. And this here is a Mountain Dew Code Red custom Xbox. Let me even zoom in a little bit here. There we go. So this is a code red edition here, but just just look at this, look at this. Let me, here we go. We actually, we got a better image of this. So look, this is the first image. He ended up sharing three of them. And this just looks, I mean, I'll be honest, this looks delicious right here. Like I, I, I do love my Mountain Dew, right? But this looks good. This looks awesome. We got a second image here to the front and my goodness, like, it looks so clean. Like even just the uh, the textures on this as well too. You can see like the middle piece right there for the two buttons is like nice and shiny and flat. And then the rest of this looks to be textured as well too. I guess it's similar with the DVD drive uh, bezel, but this looks so good. Like both, not, not only as like from like an artistic and custom point of view, but like, yo, this Xbox looks delicious again. <laughs> And finally, the bottom right here, they did a fantastic job of this. Like, you can see the original stickers are there, aside from, I mean, this one here, the manufacturing uh, sticker that got pierced. And there's one other sticker that goes right here, but the other two stickers that you don't have to touch at all to modify the system... Uh, they look just fine. Like, this looks great. I will have a link to this absolutely in the description because this is just beautiful work to see here. But either way, that's about it for the end of this episode here in this episode of Mod Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all liked listening to it, liked watching if you're watching it, which I know a majority of people do. But hey, the listener audience is still strong as well. And now at the very end of these, I do like to pick a keyword or a key phrase for anybody who's made it to the end. So how about controller? If you use the word controller in your comment here on the YouTube upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end. And if you're only listening to this and you're not watching it on YouTube, that's fine as well too. You can go ahead and make your way over to the YouTube upload here on the Mr. Mario 2011 channel and use the word controller. And if you use that word in your comment, I'll know that you've made it to the end. I guess Lily will know as well too, even though she's like dead asleep at this point. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching everyone. Until next time.